Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 160th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I'm here with the normal crew. Aiden's here, Wyatt's here, Bart's here, and Jared's here. And as always, we're going to get started with some news we missed. Some news pertinent to Bart and any fans of football out there. Uh The Minnesota Vikings (laughs) staged the biggest comeback in NFL history. They were down 33 points, I believe to the Indianapolis Colts and Matt Ryan and came back to win 39-36 in overtime. Yikes. I saw it because the previous record was 32 and that was the Bills. I saw Bills mm. fans say, like, that was the only thing we had and now you took it from us. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts? It's probably going to stand for a long time. When I mean, when's that ever going to happen again that a team has to climb yeah, 33 points? It's an impressive one. Unless they do it on purpose. That yeah. I'd like to see. Yeah. And it was a shutout, right? Yeah. Until, like, at half. Or am I wrong about that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it also pretty wild. It was 33 going into halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was just as lopsided as it gets in terms of, like, I no thought the game all. was over. Yeah. When I yeah. saw, I was I was at work, and I looked up on the TV, and it was 33-0, and I was like, oh, it's game. And then they showed the halftime graphics. And I was like, oh. We, I mean, dang. Still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colt's about to put up 60. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, we have some more just sort of NFL stuff to go over. Six teams have now clinched playoff spots. The Eagles, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. So almost halfway to knowing the entire NFL field. The Eagles are very close to clinching the number one seed. They only have to win one of their last three games in order to clinch the number one seed in the NFC as well. Yeah, rip, rip I'm to happy. friend of the pod Ingrid's team once they clinch that spot because Jalen Hurts, yeah. even if he is healthy, will not be playing after that. <laughs> yeah, Ian well, Buck, or Gardner Ian... Minshew. <laughs> Minshew was out up. today too, so it might be Ian Book's time. The most likable quarterback room in the country, I'm telling you. I will root yeah. for any of them. Me too. I love them all. Um. Also, I just have in my notes the ending to the Raiders-Patriots game, question mark. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to comment on that as being the most ridiculous football ending they've ever seen. I think that about sums it up. Yeah, Jacoby yeah. Myers, yeah. like, I, Bill Belichick probably did something terrible to him after the game. Well, he said he went rogue, that he, like, was like, yeah, I'm just trying to make a play out there. Which, oh I mean, it's not goodness. like Mac Jones was going to break that for 60 for a touchdown anyway. <laughs> If he had if he had actually gotten the ball back to him, but yeah. um, the game was tied. There was no reason for that lateral play, and the same thing about the the reporter asking Belichick about the hail mary. There was also no reason to chuck a hail mary. They they could have just played for overtime. They shouldn't have ran a play at all. Really, they should have just taken the knee and said we're going to OT. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think their playoff chances dropped by like twenty percent. Just they did twenty two percent. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we can't all make smart decisions. Um, but do you know who did make some smart decisions this past week? Uh, the Argentina men's <laughs> national football team. Um, they won the World Cup. They beat France 4-2 in penalty kicks to win again the World Cup. Uh, after the two countries drew, 3-3 three to three after extra time. We're just going to start this by opening the floor for discussion after what many are considering the greatest World Cup final ever. And Wyatt, clearly our resident soccer fan, uh, <laughs> is going to get us started with just his thoughts on the game. I'm glad the biggest soccer fan on the Zoom call finally gets his chance to speak his piece. No, full mm. transparency, I, I don't have any hot takes baked into this. I don't know a whole lot about soccer to be able to like really give a deep dive. And I actually only started watching the game when it was 2-2. I woke up and I saw some <laughs> tweets that said, this is the greatest FIFA game or finals game of all time. So I was like, shoot, I'll turn that on. <laughs> I was kind of just expecting to see a tweet that said so-and-so won, and I would have you know, been happy about that. Um, one quick thing about the losers, small victory lap as well. It did seem like their lack of chemistry – did play an impact against Argentina. Argentina looked like a well-oiled machine from the bits that I, I saw with the way that they were passing the ball, and they seemed to get messy in position a lot, whereas France, Mbappe got Mbappe into a lot of really good positions, and he is in good hands for the rest of his career. Uh, I know that the FIFA World Cup is only once once every four years, so you know it's, it's going to be tough, but he is already fantastic for how young he is. And, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he will have a chance to go out and win, you know, two two more at some point. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. if, if Messi right now had solidified himself as the GOAT, Mbappe had put a, a good case to say that at least he's coming up next. So I, I want to give him a lot of credit there. But one of the biggest things is, is I'm always a big fan of history. I like watching players become the greatest of all time. Um, I got a little bit of love for LeBron for that, being the guy in our generation to become one of the greatest of all time. I got a lot of love for Patrick Mahomes for possibly being one of the greatest of all time in his position in his sport in football and being able to see Messi become the greatest of all time respect. I mean, you know, arguably uh, for his sport is also fantastic. Yeah. I think on the Mbappe point too, um, obviously I think we'll probably talk more about Argentina the game itself as it goes on because they won, but um Mbappe if you look at like every statistical category like leads Messi at age I, Mbappe turned 24 today so like on their 24th birthday um he's like ahead of him in every statistical category which is kind of wild so it's kind of like cool because like Mbappe's already won a World Cup title he won one at 19 he almost won a second at age 23 he was the leading scorer in the tournament like if things keep going how they're going, I think Mbappe is going to have a really good pa- chance to like, pass Messi in those GOAT conversations. I'm looking at the Actually, list. While we are talking about... Go ahead, oh, go. I was just going to say, I'm looking at the list of World Cup all-time goal scorers. Messi's fifth, Mbappe's sixth. He's, uh-huh. he's going to not just surpass Wait, really? number one, close it, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. 13 to 12 goals all-time in World Cups. He's not just going to break the record for World Cup goals. He's going to destroy it. I mean, he might end up doubling it at this rate. It's crazy how good he's been so far. He's so young. But sorry, that's all I had to say, Derek. Wow, well, good, good thing I let you go. That was a, that's a great stat. That's crazy. I would say I would say while we're talking about like goat talk and everything, I think one thing that I enjoyed about the game is that both of the stars had a really good game. I mean, kind of just could like sit back and be like, wow, I'm even as somebody like myself 
slightly less of a fan of soccer as Wyatt. Don't really understand the game, but I could understand like, wow, I'm watching like some brilliance from Messi and Mbappe, particularly Mbappe. Um, and maybe this game is the exception, but I feel like the legacy talk seems a little less of a zero sum game in soccer than it would be in an NBA game. I feel like if this happened in the NBA, there'd be pundits right now being like, is it can Mbappe actually lead a team or whatever? Like he was 19 when he he didn't have to lead the France team in 2018 or something kind of crazy like that. Of course, I'm definitely guilty of saying that stuff, like with Jokic, for example, in NBA. But um, <laughs> and maybe this game is just the exception because both stars played really well. Um, like maybe if Mbappe missed a few goals, a few goals, the case would be different. But I, I was appreciative that the discourse about the game afterwards was just in awe of both players' performances, which I feel like is how it should be. And it was yeah, it's just kind of fun to watch greatness and just appreciate it. Where people are like, okay, Messi did solidify himself as a goat, but like, also Mbappe was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Could be a special case, yeah. but I don't know, Lucas. Maybe you could have more insight onto like the goat talk being less of a zero sum game in soccer than NBA, or do you think that's not the case? Oh, I think it's just as much of a zero sum game, if not more. Like, there's like the endless debate. I think between like Messi and Ronaldo, especially of like people in our generation, where it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be one of them. Like, it can't be one of them. And I think at this point, it's like, yes, Mbappe has been great, but he's only, like, 24. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's not clearly threatening Messi at this point. Like, if he continues mm-hmm. on the pace he's going, he'll threaten Messi. But um, I think everybody's like, wow, he's just playing really well. And I think I saw a tweet from Bill Simmons that I thought kind of wrapped it up really well. Was He's like, when, when's the last time, like, you've watched a major sporting event? Like, And it's the championship game, and then the two best players in the world are the two are playing and they both have excellent games mm-hmm. too like it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen that often where yeah. it's like the championship game has the two best players and they both are very clearly like the two best players on the field yeah because so often the storyline is like this person didn't have the best game and that's like that's literally yeah. it that's like the whole discussion after the fact is player x didn't you know hold up to their end of the bargain i guess um, and it's funny because like if you know if the game had ended in the 80th minute or whatever um Maybe that would have been the storyline, even though it wasn't really Mbappe's fault. Like, no one was really giving him any opportunities. But, the, like, France was just so quiet that it seemed like there was going to be potentially that storyline after the fact of, like, Messi easily won the superstar battle and whatnot. Um, so just wild how, how quickly the course changed. Yeah. I mean, and Mbappe just, like, put the team on his back. He yeah. scored all three of their goals. Mm-hmm. He was one of only two people to make their penalty kick shot. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like ridiculous. And how much he had that. a chance to win it before it even had gotten to penalty kicks right mm-hmm. there at the end, which I think also would have been an incredible moment. I mean, it's very clear that he is a special player. And I, the France goalie sold. I know it's so hard to be a goalie, and I'm not going to say that. As I like to joke about me being able to do that, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I just it, it's a shame, I think, on Mbappe's part that he – did not get to play with a, a the team that Argentina put together, you know? Yeah, I mean, part yeah. of that, too, when we talked about this in our, our France World Cup preview, is that, like, half of France's best players were, like, injured for this World yeah. Cup, too. The fact that, like, even despite that, they could, like, make it this far, I think, is a testament yeah. to Mbappe and to a lot of other players on the team. Like, Griezmann was great. Chumeni yeah. um, was great. Like, there were a lot of, like, other really good players on that team, but... Yeah, I think, like, Argentina benefited from just having, like, this, like, 
well-oiled machine that mm-hmm. was like had a ton of chemistry and was like playing in some senses to win Messi a, a World Cup in yeah. his last World Cup. Yeah, it's kind of crazy the depth of talent that France has because I was watching something about like the 2018 World Cup, and I guess like in total across all teams there were like 60 French-born players, um, which was mm-hmm. like by far the most of any country. Um, so just like the amount of they have enough for their own team and then for guys to just go to other countries because you know maybe they wanted to or maybe they just can't make the french team um so it's mm-hmm. yeah it's like five stars transferring away from bama exactly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but i don't know this all sort of like takes us to the the messy aspect of it uh, most people are saying at this point except for alexi lawless and some other ronaldo stands <laughs> um that Messi has sort of solidified as himself as the greatest player of all time now that he's won a World Cup. And he sort of got his fairy tale ending. Um, he actually said he wasn't going to retire, as was much speculated after this. But he does sort of, like, have now this triumphant moment of him winning a World Cup when that was sort of the only thing that had eluded him in his career up until this point. And it got us thinking a little bit about fairy tale endings in sports. So before we move on to our next segment, anybody want to share... What they think some of the other best fairy tale endings in sports are? LeBron's uh, three to one comeback against the Warriors, yeah. I think, is one of those. Especially given the media criticism and narrative, and the Clay Thompson, like I guess he just got his feelings hurt, and then all of a sudden LeBron James comes back three one. I feel like that is like one of the most storybook endings to a finals, not just a series, but a final. I mean, a lot of teams now. It feels like it happens every year where a team blows a 3-1 lead. Uh, At some point in the playoffs, at least, you know, the Nuggets and the Clippers did, I think, a couple years ago. Um, You know, but, it, yeah, I think that was one of the more storybooks, especially given the story surrounding LeBron James at the time. Why? How about giving up a a 3-0? Aiden, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that if he didn't win in Cleveland, that would have always been held up against him. That was Mm -hmm. never going to be forgiven um, Mm -hmm. to his legacy, but... Sorry, dude. <laughs> Wyatt, how about giving up a 3-0 lead? Cover your ears, Lucas. I'd say the Boston Red Sox winning the 2004 World Series is quite up there. Coming back from the largest comeback. At the time, it was the largest comeback in North American sports history. It definitely still is in baseball history. Uh, against their bitter arch rivals who placed the curse on them, essentially, in the Yankees. And doing that to break the curse, I feel like, is quite... Even like you know, with like curses and stuff like that, is quite a fairy tale uh, mm-hmm. yeah. analogy, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I'll also throw out Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl yeah. in his career finale. After, yeah. I mean, obviously he was never got to Tom Brady's level, but the knock against him was always that like he was a great regular season quarterback um, and never as much of a great postseason quarterback. Obviously, he got the Super Bowl with the Colts when they beat uh, the Bears in '06, I think, or whatever that was, mm-hmm. but. I, having him win that last one with the Broncos in his last game, I think, was like a very nice sort of like storybook ending, career defining. Like it proved the one Super Bowl wasn't a fluke, even though like that was not Peyton Manning at his best that year. Yeah, <laughs> literally, as yeah, it was yeah, him at, yeah. absolutely at his worst. I think still think it was a nice fairy tale ending there that they had. Yeah, looking at his stats from that year is always kind of jarring. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I don't remember it being nearly as bad as it was just because of the Super It's kind of justified, though, because he broke yeah. the record for, like, the most... Is it... I don't know. what I forgot what the record was. Is it most touchdown passes or most yards mm. um, in a career? 
So he had broken a record that year, which kind of is like maybe yeah. like, maybe he wasn't that bad, even though he was awful. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised no one has mentioned J- Jordan's second retirement, like the one after the second three-peat. That was my first thought. I, mm. I don't think an athlete will ever go out on top er than he did in 98. That's like as storybook yeah. as it gets, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. I feel That's like if, yeah. if Brady would have retired after winning the uh, the Super Bowl, I feel like that could have rivaled it. Going the, over with the to the with, the Bucks? with the Bucks, yeah. yeah, going to the Bucks first year, beating yeah. Patrick Mahomes, who's trying to catch you, kind of. That would have been kind of storybook too. Mm. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But he's never going to retire, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not retiring until he wins another Super Bowl. <laughs> Before hopping into our next segment, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors from Wyatt. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season with same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, and more. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Everyone can earn up to 150% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, points totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Well, speaking of a team that probably won't win a Super Bowl this year, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> the the Dallas, <laughs> yeah, clearly an objective third party in presenting this segment, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys lost in overtime this past weekend to the Jacksonville Jaguars after uh, Dak Prescott threw a pick six. Uh, so Bart, should we be worried about the Cowboys? I do think we should be worried about the Cowboys. However. I want to say, I want to be very clear, I don't think it's because they lost to the Jags specifically. I saw some people on Twitter who were like, oh, they lost to the Jags, they're frauds, it's ridiculous. Mm. The Jags are 3-1 and one in the last three, four games, and all three wins are against playoff teams. And Trevor Lawrence is playing really well. So I don't want to hear that. But yeah, I do think, I'm a little bit worried about the Cowboys. I think this loss showed some important flaws of theirs. First of all, they're super inconsistent. Are you going to get the team that destroyed the Vikes and the Colts? Or are you going to get the team that barely beat the Texans and that blew a 17-point lead to the Jags? Who knows? Secondly, their defense is getting beat up in what was initially a very elite defense this season, I think is kind of becoming a little bit medio- more mediocre at least. Leighton Vander Esch, Anthony Brown, Jonathan Hankins were all out in this game, and it all showed. They gave up 500 yards of offense. Specifically, the run defense was terrible. Nearly 200 yards of offense on 7 yards per carry. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with that kind of performance. And the Jags are not, like, an elite run team. Anyways, most importantly, and you know what you know I'm going to say here, Dak and the interceptions. It is a problem. It has been a problem. It seems like it's going to continue being a problem. It's frustrating because he even had, like, he had a good game. I would say, like, three touchdowns, 250 yards. And you also have to point out that the second interception, the one that cost him the game in overtime, was not his fault. It went through Noah Brown's hands. Somehow it went the other way. I don't know how. 
But that first pick definitely was his. He forced it. It put the defense in terrible field position, and then uh, they gave up a touchdown right after that. So regardless of whose fault it is, Dak needs to clean those up because you're not going to win a Super Bowl again, turning it over like that. The only reason we don't call this out as a bigger problem is because the Cowboys' defense is still first in takeaways, and so it kind of negates it, and you don't notice it as much. But you can't rely on that in the playoffs. So I definitely think they have some flaws. I think the defense is kind of like they're, they're struggling right now with all the injuries. And so, you know, they have a decent run game. And so they're going to need more of that as long as Dak is so inconsistent. But I think I'm with Vegas right now in that they are the third best team in the NFC. They might make the NFC championship with some playoff luck. But I'm taking the Eagles or the Niners over them in the playoffs. And I don't even think they're going to make it that far. I think that's where they sit right now. They're just not they're not like a thorough and consistent enough team in my opinion yeah i think because it's sports debate we need to sound the alarm after a team loses and in a game like that but every team has a every team has a weakness like we could be worried about the eagles for a jalen hurts potential injury or apparently the bills have a josh allen problem or something like that and the vikings like you know have a really bad defense that sort of stuff every team has their own week not that wasn't intended to be an like an intentional shot by the way bart that just was like a no, team that definitely right, has though. a very clear weakness you're totally right. but no i mean dak like you said he has 11 interceptions and the it's fine to do that if you're also slinging 30 30 plus touchdowns with dak isn't doing you know like Mahomes and um, Josh Allen also both have 11 interceptions on the year. Also, also they played more games since Dak was hurt, but I agree that's a concern. I also was, was looking into it, and the Cowboys' O-line has been an interesting case where they haven't given up many sacks. Um, like, they're the fewest in the league. Um, and in terms of run block win rate, they're fourth best in the league. But then if you look at pass win rate, pass block win rate, they're fourth worst in the league. So not really sure how that happens where they I don't know if it's just Dak getting the ball getting rid of the ball really quickly, maybe too quickly, and that's part of the interceptions, but and why he's not sacked that often. But um in terms of like O line grades, that's some that's one of their key weaknesses as well, is their their pass blocking. I'd say their pass game in general is their biggest weakness right now, but that's also a contributing factor. I yeah. feel like the Cowboys are the most likely playoff team right now to play their the worst possible version of themselves right now like out of all the teams and even with the giants and the commanders included who are not exactly talented teams um i think that the dallas cowboys are probably the most beatable right now they have a matchup against tampa bay and they have a terrible rush defense they have one of the worst rush defenses in the league they're 24th in, in, in rush defense, allowing 1,800 yards so far. And the reason why they're so high in pass defense is because teams don't have to pass against them. They can run whenever they want to. Uh, but it's one of the big – sure. but, but, again, but this is the enough. same problem where you need Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons and Zeke Elliott and Trayvon Diggs and Demarcus Lawrence and CeeDee Lamb and Mike McCarthy to do everything right for them, for them to be able to, to go out there and achieve what they – believe that they can accomplish and now they've gotten too big for their britches where oh is odell coming over here we we'd love to have odell oh are we you know, let's talk about jalen hurts when we don't even play them this week and now all of a sudden they're struggling cd lamb leaves a lot to be desired as a wide receiver one i said it before uh he's not emerged they have fumbled their contract situation where now they have to ship off amari cooper and it's very clear that Des dak prescott needs 
somebody else to throw to because he is struggling. I know right now in the league, Jared, you can say more people have intercept more interceptions than him total. But since coming back from injury, he leads the league in interceptions. The reason why other people are ahead of him is because it's it's a saturation stat where he just hasn't played as much as many games. And right now he's on yeah. pace to lead the league in it. So, I mean, like, it's clear that if this team needs to be perfect all the way through, and they're one of the best teams in the league when they're perfect, but they're hardly, they hardly are. And, and it's more likely than not that they're the worst version of themselves if they can't get a pass rush and they can't take the ball away. And especially because Dak Prescott continues to throw interceptions. And then Jerry Jones has to go on radio and talk about the next big thing that they're doing. <laughs> They've gotten in their own way. And Mike McCarthy is not smart enough to pull them out of it. Oh, of course you had to go <laughs> put in a Mike McCarthy job. <laughs> Jared, if the Cowboys cannot beat the presumably Jalen Hurtsless Eagles this weekend, do you start becoming legitimately concerned? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess in some ways it is fair to start raising the concern level as you get to the playoffs because it's like, now you need to start beating really good teams and teams that are potentially better than you. And if they can't beat a Jalen Hurtless, a Jalen Hurtsless Eagles team, that's 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 quite that's quite bad, especially with how much the Eagles I feel like depend on Jalen Hurts and how good he's been this year. There has to be a significant disruption for that sideline. And if you can't beat that version of the Eagles, then it's like Wyatt said, like you, they couldn't beat Jimmy G and the 49ers last year. You know what I mean? It's those are the kind of games when you start getting closer to the playoffs. You, do, I, I think the scrutiny, I'm sure, is in some ways a little bit fair because now you have to start beating really good teams, in teams that are potentially better than you. So yeah, I would be, I'd be pretty concerned about even winning a playoff game if they couldn't beat the Hurts, uh, the Eagles without Jalen Hurts. That's gonna do it. One thing I'm not concerned about is this podcast and how great it is. If you, if you agree. Please go ahead and give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Download the episode. If you follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I believe it automatically downs for you, downloads for you as well. So go ahead and do that. And we'll see you later this week for some more uh, sports talk.